1: Good morning, Don. Good to see you. And I see you brought yes. a special guest with you this week.
2: Yes, I got Melanie Locking here. She is our mortgage agent for IG Private Wealth. And she works uh, specifically with our group. And I know she's works with a few others as well. But, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, we all kind of go through life. And what's the biggest purchase we get? It's generally a house. And we all talk, okay, you got to save her house, save her house, save her house. Well, what did you end up getting? is the biggest debt of your life <laughs> okay yeah you, you end up with the biggest debt hanging over you payments to make and then all of a sudden you're this quagmire of what do i do what how how should i go about doing this and generally speaking a lot of people will go to their local bank because that's what they've been kind of taught to do and their parents may have gotten through the bank and and they've and you know what not to say that they're going to direct you in the right direction either this is so nice this is kind of our debt side of our business because you know most of our shows are talking about the asset side or the insurance side or the tax side or the estate side and there's so many parts to a financial plan we kind of often overlook okay yeah you have some debt you write it down but this is extremely important to manage the debt side and be efficient on that end of it and also not be taken advantage of uh, on a different note, and so. Melanie, she's the expert here. I'm um, kind of kind of wave my through my way through a lot of this myself. But why don't we start off with a couple of easy ones, Melanie? I know. First of all, um, first time on the show, I certainly appreciate being here. And what exactly do you do?
3: Hi, Don. Hi, everybody. I I work with Don and his team, and uh, we work with our clients and and just figure out what their financial goals are and then look to help them achieve those financial goals. And if it's, uh, we, you know, if it's them just starting out, buying their first home, then we pre-approve them and, and then we help them throughout their, I'm so nervous.
1: But, you know, it's interesting you say that because- Um, I think many people, when they walk into an institution walk into a bank, walk into IG, walk into everybody or anywhere, rather, they're feeling the same way. It's like, my goodness, what if I do the wrong thing? I'm doing this. I'm doing that. It's such a intimidating scenario. So how do you help people? Uh, you know, take the first step, take the first breath and say, because I guess the assumption is now nobody can afford anything. The prices are so through the roof. How, where do you even start?
3: Yeah. So we definitely start with a conversation and where are things at right now? Where are you saving? What have you saved for a down payment? How long have you been with your employer? What are your earnings? What are you paying out every month right now? Um, you know, can you afford the increased mortgage payments? Because it's not just a mortgage payment, then it's property taxes, house insurance, all those extra payments that when you're renting a home, you don't have those costs. And so we're just looking for cash flow. We want to do up a budget and make sure that what they're doing is affordable for them, not just for today, but in two years when they need to buy another car or uh, plan to start a family. You
2: know, that's and you know what I... That- Sorry, sorry, Scott. But one, one of the things is the pre-approval. This is all part of that pre-approval situ- uh, scenario. I'm assuming, and that's the first starting point. Go there For and sure. talk to you or some, you know, and and find out what sh- what can I really afford. And I have come across some situations where the banking institution they're dealing with, uh, you know, accepted a far greater number than that they I felt they should afford, and. You know, yes, they could make it on paper, but that meant, what about, you know, like you said, all those other expenses, you know, the people have a couple of kids, um, what's their lifestyle and going through a cash flow scenario is so important because yeah, this is a big debt and you have to build in a little bit of buffer. You don't want to be as extremely right on the edge of teetering. Can you afford every month and, and more of a, a realistic, um, pre-approval. Rather than rate to this is how much, and I, I felt that the banks were saying, "Okay, you're approved for this much," uh, many times. And I, when I when I heard the number, I says, I, "No, I would never recommend that in a million years." Because what if interest rates go up by a couple percent, you'd be you're way over your what you can afford. So, is those are the type of conversations you go through, Melanie?
3: Yes, for sure. Because you know the bank, or sorry, not the banks, but. Um the lending guidelines are based on gross earnings as well. It's not just based on you know, uh, your net income. And so what you can afford on paper isn't always what you can afford to pay out every month. Do people mm. want to travel in addition to paying for their mortgage? Do they want a house to live in or do they want the house to be the only thing that they can afford?
2: <laughs> yeah, house poor. <laughs> house poor, house poor, house poor yeah. and I can't do anything else. And uh, you know what? Uh, we're we're brown bagging it. We're not going out for dinner, and forget about trips and those summer camps, kids. So you got to forget about those too. Another situation, right. another situation
1: too is you know y- you think about um, you know when I bought a house twenty years ago, it was a lot more stable than it is now. There must be so, so much more anxiety, especially with those first time buyers that you know, it's so volatile right now. They don't know if they're doing the right thing, the wrong thing. I mean, you know, prior to, you know, the, the COVID and, and the pandemic and such, it seemed a little bit more stable. Now it's, you're trading in pretty rough water right now.
3: Yes, no, for sure. The qualifying rate is a lot higher than it used to be. Um, but it also gives the clients confidence that if they can afford the mortgage payment today, then they've, you know, if rates go down, then they've, They can be more aggressive or keep their payments the same as what they're used to if when it comes up for renewal, their payments less.
2: That's a really good point because it's the exact opposite conversation from, say, just over a year ago when, you know, five-year mortgages were around 2% and now they're pushing, what, 5.5% for a five-year mortgage? And we always felt, well, what if interest rates doubled or kind of went back to the norm? Could you afford it? Now you actually got it built in. You're already at five and a half That's percent. Right. And so, yes, uh, likely rates will start to trickle down. And so, you you know, you can afford it. There's a lot more peace of mind, I'm sure, now. Um, and plus, I guess, uh, you know, housing prices have you know, starting to trickle down, Um, you know, well, actually more than that. They've gone down a little over 20 percent. So higher interest rates, but lower um, housing prices. So it's do you think this is actually a better environment than it was, say, a year ago?
3: I think it's a lot more stable qualifying for a mortgage last year at this time was a lot easier. And if people were coming up for renewal on the houses that they purchased last year, it's going to be hard for them to you know, adjust their monthly cash flow to uh, be able to afford those extra payments. But qualifying in a higher interest rate environment gives you that confidence that if interest rates fluctuate, you can still afford the payments. The other the other point that you just made was, yes, interest rates have gone up, but housing prices have come down. And so when we look at a comparison year over year on um, what mortgage payments are for the same house, they're not really that much different.
2: Well, that's an interesting point. Yeah, and, and I personally have, I've, you know, a lot of people just simply look at the payments. Um, and I find this is maybe it's a millennial thing and maybe it's my kids, generation, but they always say, well, I, you know, how much do you owe? They often don't even know how much they owe. They only know the payment. And at the end of the day, they have a debt. And my, my personal preference, I'd rather have say a $500,000 debt with a bigger, higher interest rate than a $700,000 debt with a lower interest rate, even though the payment's the same, because you still got to pay all this money back. That's right. <laughs> so, And and it's kind of interesting, right? You look at the average home price in Burlington. I got some information from real estate agent in the last week. And in 2019, uh, the average house was about 886000 It jumped 12, almost 13% to just over a million dollars in 2020. 2021, it, it jumped 30% to $1.3 And then 2022, again, crazy. It went to $1.6 and up 23%. And so then so far this year and I still think there's more room to go, but it's at 1.22 million, actually lower than where the prices were January 2021. So they're back below 2 years ago. That whole feeding frenzy in the last couple of years created this froth of prices which wasn't realistic and things always get back to the norm. But what do you do now like if, if somebody comes to you, I, I just heard a, a statistic that 2% of new um, people selling their house are actually selling them for less than what they paid. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 2% are selling for less than what they paid. And this is the tip of the iceberg. Those are the ones that simply bought them in the last two years and they are need to sell them now, maybe because they went in a variable rate mortgage. Um, and the interest rates have gone up and they are forced to sell. Uh, I think you're going to find this happening a bit more over time. You know, if you were, let's say you were dealing with a, cl- a client and their house is actually in a, maybe a negative equity situation.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Can they, can they still renew their mortgage?
3: they can renew their mortgage because if you're staying with the same lender generally you don't have to re-qualify um but you know clients that are wanting to sell their home sometimes they think that they don't have to re-qualify cuz they've already qual you know they they already have a mortgage for 700,000 so they know that they can afford it. They've been making those payments. Why do I have to re-qualify just because I want to move the mortgage to a new house? And a lot of times right now, they don't qualify for what they did, you know, two years ago when they they bought the house. So when they are thinking about making a change to their property or, or selling and buying, then they need to reach out to their mortgage provider and get re-qualified again.
2: So at the end of the day, you better get the institution you want to deal with at the beginning because when this thing comes up for renewal, you may not requalify at the at an and so at least you know you're in good hands with the with the company you're working with, and they're going to still right. give you a good rate because I guess my fear would be if you're stuck with this institution, they might take advantage of you and not offer you a good rate on renewal.
3: That's right. Yep. You want to make sure you've got the flexibility up front because you may end up being with that lender until the mortgage is paid off, just depending on what happens in
1: life. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here along with Melanie Locking, mortgage agent for IG Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at DonFox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back.
0: you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900CHML.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management and has brought along Melanie Locking, uh, mortgage agent with IG. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420 we're dissecting mortgages this
2: week Don yes we are and debt in general and and so you know I heard this kind of horror story I think it's about a three weeks ago and I'm sure you may have heard about this also Scott about somebody coming back to their home after a vacation <laughs> and somebody was living in their house yeah and and again, the person that answered the door was shocked to see somebody knocking on the door, claiming that they owned that house. And now they're both claiming they own the house, and so it turns out that somebody stole that person's identity, and they sold the house from that they owned from beneath them. And when they're on when they're on vacation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they're thinking everything's fine, and and so they come back, and now their house is literally being owned by somebody else. So. This came, the topic came up that how do you avoid this? And the short answer was title insurance. And so, Melanie, if you could give a, a little bit of help with this, because that would be the greatest fear anybody can you imagine. You're your biggest asset you own, you come back and somebody else has got it now.
3: Yeah, no, titles insurance is, uh, you know, highly recommended, if not you know, when people buy houses, usually the lawyer recommends title insurance, but we always do as well. It just pro- helps protect you against title fraud. If you were in a situation where your title was taken, then the title insurance company would uh, help gain back and help uh, with the incurred costs of going to court to 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 get your title back. Um, but another way that people can protect their title is to also have a lien against their property because fraudsters will deter from targeting those properties um, because it's a lot harder. There's a there's another lender involved.
1: So what does that mean? mean? Yeah. Can you explain that a bit more?
3: Yeah, so if a client or sorry, if a fraudster was trying to take over title of a home and there was a lien against it, well, then the lender would be contacted and therefore the, the person that holds that debt um, versus free and clear that title could be changed with fraudulent documents without anyone the wiser. And you, you wouldn't necessarily know about it until the property was sold or the payments weren't made on the mortgage or whichever.
2: So, so basically if you're a fraudster, you're looking around trying to find homes that are free and clear no liens against it. Because at the end, at the end of the day, it's a lot harder to, I guess they'd have to pay out the old debt or have somehow they'd have to relinquish if there's a lien and there's debt owing, even a line of credit, I guess, even if let's say you had a line of credit and there's nothing going on the house, that's still officially a lien. Is it not?
3: That's right. And the fraudsters can't tell how much is owing on that line of credit. So as long as you've got the lien and the line of credit set up, it will deter them from targeting
1: your home. So this would be a situation where debt is good.
2: <laughs> no? Yes.
3: or No? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I, I, you know, it's kind of, we've been talking about, we, I've often mentioned to clients that having a, a line of credit, and um, in, in, even for whatever age, but often a senior they you know they would they qualify for a line of credit because now they're in retirement, they have still a good income from pensions or RIF income or assets. But down the road, as those assets dwindle and and now they say, okay, I really want to live here. And often the option is simply a reverse mortgage. Um, but if they had a line of credit set up ages ago, they could start dipping into that line of credit and making payments on that. And Literally steal, Peter for, steal from Peter to pay Paul because you literally can take the money out of the line of credit to make the payments on the line of credit. Um, I'm sure if the institution noticed that, they would might say something. But normally speaking, they don't mind because you've got this limit already qualified for. And as long as you make the payments, they don't know where the payments come from and they're just making the payments. Well, that's a – and the nice thing about that, it's, it's usually a prime plus a quarter, a prime plus a half. Versus reverse mortgage might be on you know prime plus two, maybe even greater than that. It gives you a little bit of leeway, some more rope to 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 own that house and and not have to go into a smaller dwelling or you know, all your friends, your everything is maybe your neighborhood just like where you are, and you aren't ready to go to assisted living or anything else. So the nice thing also is I guess it also helps with the fraud in that case, having that there as a an insurance policy for a senior
3: that's right exactly
2: um these seniors by the way are probably the most vulnerable for this type of fraud also and if you're a snowbird can you imagine yeah my yeah. goodness
1: that's a whole other se- holy smokes <laughs> think of that you know they got like four months of a year to
2: try to sell a house that's <laughs> <cares>. that's right <laughs> it, and and quite often the neighbor's you may not know, oh, well, the Joneses have got their house for sale. Wow, that's interesting. And that might raise something, but sometimes you don't know your neighbors as well. I don't know what the case is. We didn't know our neighbors, but we now know we got new ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so so title insurance, and how much is title insurance?
3: It depends on the value of the home. Um, it's based on on the value, but anywhere from a couple hundred bucks to, uh, you know, a a couple thousand, it just depends on the coverage that you select because there are different tiers, but, um, definitely something to look into and, and budget it in when you're looking to purchase a new home. Is it a one-time,
1: is it a one-time fee
2: or is it something you pay per month?
3: (laughs) It's, it's just a one-time fee.
2: Yeah. Well, that's not bad. So, you pay, yep. you, you add that almost to the, the cost of the debt. That's right. And so, if it's a couple hundred dollars to a thousand or a couple thousand, well, instead of owing a million, you owe a million and two. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um and, <laughs> uh, and then again, you have it. Now, once the mortgage is paid off, do you still have the title insurance or the line That's of credit paid off? You still own yep. it?
3: Yes. Yeah. And the title insurance costs will be part of your closing costs. And uh, so it's just included with the legal fees and land transfer tax and
2: all of those. Is it is it do you get it automatically or do you have to ask?
3: Uh, Lawyers generally always recommend them in my experience, but if they don't, then I would definitely
1: reach out. Enough. How long How long before this becomes a mandatory thing like mortgage insurance, simply because it seems to be so rampant? I mean, could you see this being the norm where, you know, everybody's got to buy it because this seems to be happening more than we know?
3: Yeah, well, it's really up to the home, like the purchaser, whether they want to have it or not. But if they do have a mortgage, obviously mortgage providers encourage uh, clients to get the title insurance because it also helps if there's a dispute against the land as well like with the neighbors and and whatnot I mean anybody can make a claim against they start moving the fence posts start start <laughs> exactly yeah so it's just nice to have that as your safety net just like you have life insurance and and house insurance if the house were to burn down and et cetera.
2: <laughs> you know, that's a great point. We we wouldn't even consider a home without fire insurance. Yeah. That's right. And, and and it's not expensive because the chance of your house burning down is very, very slim. So overall, the cost of that is not much, even though, you know, it might be a million dollars. It actually probably costs more than to build it with the price of lumber and everything now and contractors. But nobody would even consider that risk. Yet this is That's just right. another risk. That's right. And it should be in just a repertoire. It's. You'd almost think that they'd they'd start offering this just at the general insurance level, just as if you're buying, you know, fire theft, etc., on the house. Do you
1: have yeah. to buy
2: this when you're buying the house?
3: You can you can buy it after you buy the house right. as well. So yeah. You
2: can, you at any time during, you can purchase that. That's correct. Hmm. Well, I think it's a. Uh, if, if you can take anything away from the show tonight or today, it would be to look at the title insurance as part of your overall expenses because for the costs of that, and I guess the that's probably the ultimate is title insurance, but even having a, a line of credit on the house or a debt on the house, it doesn't cost anything. I guess the, the line of credit, how much would it cost to set up a line of credit on your house?
3: There would be a. Possibly an appraisal and then legal fees to register it. Um, and there, those total costs would be anywhere from 1000 to $1,500.
2: Right. And now you have that forever?
3: Yep. Until you move, you would just have that set up. If you never use it, it doesn't cost anything. There would be a discharge fee when you go to sell the home. But you'd have um, the peace of mind while you own it that your title's protected as well.
2: So that's in a way it's not title insurance, but it has a, a layer of protection like title insurance because frauds fraudsters are going to go for the low-hanging fruit.
3: That's correct. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And this is this makes it a little tougher and might be even almost impossible because now they gotta fool the banking institution or the lending institution. That's right. To to say, okay, I'm Joe Blow and I've and I am selling the house now. That's right. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's, it's actually uh, amazing. Somebody would go through the effort of risk, but at the end of the day, nobody wants to come home after a four month snowbird vacation and find out that you have a new family living in your home. That's right. M- not paying rent. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no. Well, the other thing they'll do too is, uh, you know, take out a mortgage on it. And then wow. you get contacted once those mortgage payments have gone into default by the lender.
2: So not only you don't own your home now, you've got mortgage payments on a home you don't own. Yeah, you're paying for it.
3: (laughs) Well, they do that when you don't like they. Yeah, what they'll do is they'll take out a mortgage and leave the home in your name. So that's Hmm. another thing they'll do is impersonate you, take out a mortgage in your name, and then you find out about the mortgage three months down the line when it's gone into default.
2: Oh, wow. Man. Wow. So they basically, it's a way to steal money from your house. is basically that's in that right. case. Yeah. And they never, nobody moves in, but they got this mortgage against us. So that's a different type of uh, fraud. Yes. Wow. Wow. I uh, so again, can't, can't say enough how it's so important to have either line of credit or title insurance on your home. Um, it gives you lots of peace of mind and nobody wants this uh, kind of thing to happen to anybody. So, so switching gears just a bit though. Uh, what a different year. Uh, you've gone from an absolute feeding frenzy of trying to buy homes and, <laughs> and one month closes and people lining up and auctioning off houses, basically, to now, you know, uh, the buyer has uh, some say and they're not selling quite as quickly. Um, there's a lot of, like, again, this is one of those topics where how do we go about buying a house? First of all, you get that pre-approval. The next thing is, you, gee, you can go five percent down I, b- I believe for a first-time buyer and yes. it was and and if you're not a first-time buyer
3: uh even if you're not a first-time buyer you can still put as little as five percent down okay
2: okay yeah and you and ideally 20 percent down will save you some costs and i guess that's cmhc financing
3: Yeah, the default mortgage insurance you'll be able to avoid if you've got more than 20% down. Um, With 5% down, there's a 4% premium put added to the mortgage amount. And so even though you put 5% down, your mortgage isn't going to be much less than what you paid for the house because then you add the 4% premium onto it.
2: So, on a nine hundred and fifty thousand say on a million dollar property, which is kind of average in Burlington, per se, mm-hmm. um and you put five percent down fifty thousand, you'll end up with a nine hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage.
3: But then add back the ty- or the default mortgage insurance of four percent onto that, which is so thirty eight
2: thousand, up- and mm-hmm. now you're got a nine hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars mortgage on your million dollar property.
3: That's correct.
2: Now, I noticed that the insured rates are lower often than the uninsured rates. Does that make, does that kind of offset that a little bit? It
3: does. The default mortgage insurance uh, protects the lender. And so, uh, because there's that protection on the mortgage, the interest rates are typically less than if you put 20% down.
2: Would that 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 difference be enough to cover the uh default insurance or it just covers a bit of it?
3: <laughs> it depends how long you keep that mortgage for. Typically a five year or typically mortgages are redone every two or three years. And so it could. Um, but if you're putting five percent down on a house, it's definitely a house you want to be able to know you can live in for five to ten years because you know we don't there's no guarantee on what the markets are going to do and you're going to have real estate costs and all of that to get out of the house before you can buy another one
2: got it and i guess the having this default insurance also protects the lender if the house values drop yes so if they were to yep. sell the house and get less than what they paid for it what happens in that case
3: then they would default basically they couldn't pay back the mortgage so they would default on it and then the insurer would kick in the difference to the lender
2: okay so that's a little bit of peace of mind for those higher ratio mortgages yes yeah very good We are planning our financial
1: future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management, along with Melanie Lockin, mortgage agent with IG. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905 972 7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming right back.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management, along with Melanie Locking, mortgage agent with IG. You can find out more at DonFox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management, 905 972-7420. And something we wanted to uh, highlight uh, both Don and Melanie is, you know, post-pandemic and whatever it is we've been going through, fraud is pretty rampant no matter where you go, whether it's credit card, whether it's mortgages, your house, what have you. It seems to be on the on the upswing.
2: Yeah. And and also just on that note, Scott, um, it's not only on the upswing, at least with the credit card fraud, often the credit card takes responsibility for it. Yes. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, on your house, it's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's kind of funny the, you might have a credit card balance of 5,000 maybe, or something like that. Your house is worth a heck of a lot more than that. So, um, this is one of those things that we can't say enough on, on getting that protected, either having a line of credit or having title insurance. So, but again, one thing I, I find as our, our, our clients are getting you know older and say wealthier and, uh, you know, they own their house now they have no debts, but they want to help out their kids. Because it's pretty tough for a, a you know, a first time buyer to buy a million dollar property, um, even when interest rates were, you know, 2%, it's even harder now at five and a half, um, you know, they sure enough, the price has gone down a bit. But what, what impact does it for, does it really make to have a co And what's a disadvantage or the advantage of doing it this way?
3: Yeah, so the benefit of a co signer is to help first time home buyers or any home buyer uh, to get into the market or, or up, upgrade their home if they need to. If they've got a growing family, um, we can use their income to increase the mortgage that the applicants qualify for. Now, with that, the mortgage payments are obviously going to be higher. And so we want to make sure that how, like, how are those home buyers going to afford those payments if they've got a co-signer, say their parents that are going to, to be on the mortgage with them? Are the parents also going to ha- help out with the payments or are the home buyers having renters in their basement that they're offsetting it that way?
2: Interesting. So at the end of the day, when you co-sign, you have just taken on the, that whole debt yourself also. Ultimately, it, it's on your credit.
3: Yes, if you co-sign, for sure, if your income is needed to service the mortgage, then you're co-signing. Guarantors would be the other way to help out your kids. And that would be if they were just uh, new into employment and say on probation, or they had some credit issues in the past, and the lender wants to have a guarantor kind of back up the borrowers, um, then you're still on the hook if there's any default to um the the mortgage payments and if you were to move in the future and need a mortgage then you'd have to include those mortgage payments within uh, to qualify for your mortgage as
2: well mm. um so having this guarantor how you know let's say they halfway through a mortgage can the parents get off that mortgage is it difficult to lose that guarantor status or that co-signing status so that they they can you know, They've done their job. They feel their kids are standing on their own two feet now and they they just want to get off this.
3: Yeah, no, it will depend on the lender. Some lenders will let you come off the mortgage ahead of when it's up for renewal. Some won't without a penalty. So it just depends. I'd recommend reaching out to the lender and seeing what their, their rules are with the kind of term that you locked into. Um, but yeah, some guarantors may be locking in for five years if that's how long the term is and have to stay on.
2: I see and, and I guess the other option for you know parents to help out kids is gifting money. That's right. on part yep. to, on that down payment so that they can get to that 20%. And, and so now they're quite you know often they'll take money out of their investments is one option. The other option I guess is they actually are borrowing themselves to lend the money to the kids as part of that down payment which has kind of been adding fuel to the fire over that pandemic of you know adding more demand for housing what how does it work if if a parent's gifting money to a a child as part of that down payment how
3: does it work um sorry does Um, it
2: does it affect uh you know their application at all um do they have to disclose where they get the funds from like
3: Yep. Yeah. So if the parents were gifting the down payment, they would sign a gift letter and then the funds would be deposited into their child's bank account before the closing date. Um, But it it helps the child to have more of a down payment so they don't have to qualify for as much. Um, And that may be a way so that parents don't have to co-sign or guarantee uh, by having additional down payments. They could maybe avoid that.
2: So. Really, if you could, it's better probably to gift and to co-sign if that's the way to qualify, because now you're only at risk of whatever you've gifted rather than the whole mortgage.
3: That's right. Yeah.
2: Okay. So all those grandparents out there or parents out there, uh, you know, you just ante up part of the down payment and you're you're better off than (laughs) co-signing at the end of the day. So
1: just one more right. question before we leave here uh, for this segment, if uh, does this last for the duration of that mortgage? And if they decide they want to back away uh, after the mortgage is up for renewal, could the lender then say, well, we still need that person helping here. So this could continue on and continue on theoretically. It
3: could. Yeah, because yeah, it's a 25 or 30 year amortization, right? So if the kids don't qualify after five years when it's up for renewal, then the parents may have to stay on.
1: They may never qualify. Holy smokes! <laughs> That's boy, oh boy. Do we know what That's rabbit what hole what we're
3: interest rates do? Yeah,
1: do we know what rabbit hole we're going <laughs> down here? All right, we are yep. planning our financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management, along with Melanie Locking, mortgage agent with IG. You can find out more at DonFox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming back. You
0: are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900CHML.
1: We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox is here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management, along with Melanie Locking, mortgage agent for IG. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Talking about debt management,
2: mortgages, and the biggest expense you'll ever have. Yes, and and just to add more confusion to this, there's many ways to get this debt. And so now that we've gone, you know, clarified some of the questions people have with title insurance and down payments and gifting and so forth. The next one is, who do you deal with? Do you go to the institution that you have your savings account with? Do you go with IG Private Wealth and our team, or do you go to a mortgage broker? And those are the questions that I get from clients. What's the benefit of one versus another?
3: Yeah. So I think the benefit to coming with IG is that you get your comprehensive financial plan, A to Z planning. We're not just order takers. You don't call us up and ask us for a mortgage and us just start that application. We're asking questions about what your plans are for today, but also for the future. And between Don and I, um, with we take care of the lending investments insurance and uh, we're going to provide the best advice for you for your financial plan today but then also for the future we want to get you into your first home and we want to see you through till paying off your first home if you stay in it or upgrading as your family grows and then downsizing into retirement
2: yeah so it's you know cradle to grave of lending if you will right from the beginning right to the end different type of debt products I'm trying to determine what interest rate or or length of term we should uh, go through. And again, by the time they they see Melanie, we've already had a discussion, you know, with my team has already talked to the client, discussed what the most appropriate debt would be, um, gone through, you know, how much should we have? How much should the payment? Should we go short term? Should we go long term in terms of the uh, interest rates? The risks of both. We don't have a crystal ball either, so uh, we'd love to know. You know, what should we go five years right now? Should we go variable? Yes, Scott. It-
1: and, you know, like that's in, and I've talked about this many times, um, you know, one of the advantages here is, you know, obviously I've known you for for many years and, and it's not a case of, hey, Don, I need a mortgage. Can you help me out? You know, everything else that's going on, you know, the picture, you know, the plan. So that's a lot better than walking into some situation where they don't know you from a hill of beans and they don't know anything about your background and then they got to start the process and the research you already know where we're going and what the whole package is and, and what direction to push the person
2: in. You know, that that's a great point. Sometimes we just take this for granted that everybody knows everything about you, what makes you tick and your family, your one daughters in university and other sons in sports and, and all these different things and your dog's name and so forth. And, and then, okay, this makes the most sense for you going forward. Well, you might going cold into a, a bank or seeing a mortgage broker their incentive actually is to lend you as much money as possible. They get paid based on how much they lend. And so going from, going from that point, if that's the incentive, they may often get you in some borrowing trouble, if you will. Oh, why don't you get this upgrade? You can afford, you have this much room. You've qualified for a million dollars. and this. And I literally have seen a client of mine, unfortunately did not discuss this with me, they qualified, went to a banking institution or a lending institution, and they qualified for a million dollars. So they upgraded their sites on what this I hey, have. We can borrow a million dollars. Well, they end up going personally bankrupt because there was cost overruns and they couldn't make those payments. They it was way more. And then, you know, with a couple kids, an older car, what the car breaks down. It's it's a it's a real, it's a debt spiral and so it's very important to manage the debt equally as like you manage the asset side.
3: Oh for sure. Yeah, clients as as I was saying, you know, we're not just looking out for you for today, we're looking out for you and what you have planned over the next 25 years, especially if you're a first-time home buyer. Because right now you may just your only debt may be that mortgage, but you may need a new car, as you said, in a couple of years or uh, plan to start a family and your income changes so much when one of you is off on parental leave. We want to make sure that you can afford those payments or have the emergency fund set aside so that you can make the payments without stress, because there are so many additional costs when you're growing a family as well.
2: Yeah, nothing worse than financial stress is right up there in the uh, the top stresses of life, and so I, I guess uh, the the burning question: I got this rate a little lower rate. This rate's lower than the rate that you offered me, Don. Is the lowest rate the best?
3: I I don't think it is because uh, the lowest rate is doesn't offer all, um, always the flexibility that a bit higher rate does. Um, some of those stripped down offerings may not give you the flexibility to put extra payments on the mortgage or uh, increase the payments. Um, they might not let you, the penalties could be higher. There's lots of restrictions that could be attached to those base bottom rates. So it's really, really important to uh, have that discussion with the person that you're applying for the mortgage with. Know who the lender is and know what you're signing up for.
2: And we have seen these restrictions and these penalties, and actually a little bit shocked when I see them because, uh, you know, I, I often think that we offer a ton of flexibility with our our products. I just assume other institutions do, but then you see some of these lower rates, and they might save maybe a you know fifth of a percent, not even maybe a tenth mm-hmm. of a percent, and they lose all the yeah. flexibility. Long run, That's they're right. often worse off. And so this is why it's so important to have a debt management plan as part of your financial plan we have
1: been planning your financial future i'm scott thompson don fox is here from fox group private wealth management along with melanie locking mortgage agent with ig you can find out more at donfox.net and you can call them at ig private wealth management at 905-972-7420